It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Pushing the Limits on a Thursday. So glad that you can join us. And boy, do we have a lot to get to. Some big breaking news. News coming out of Las Vegas that has turned national news. And we will cover it all for you. Of course, this is about uh, the murder of a Review Journal reporter, Jeff Harriman, who I actually knew. And the person who has been charged with murder... Rob Tellis, a lawyer who practiced probate in the state law, an elected official. We are going to hear from both sides coming up here in just a few minutes. Personal friend to Jeff Harriman will be joining us. Ron Fuchel, Channel 8. He's known Jeff for years. We're going to hear a little bit about and learn about the victim and his life and what he did for this community and how good he was at his job. Ron will be calling us in just a few minutes. Then coming up at the bottom of the hour, a personal friend of mine who was also close with Rob Tellis. His name is Andre Haynes, and he's also working with Patsy Brown, who's running for the same position that Tellis was in. So we're going to learn a little bit more about Rob Tellis coming up with Andre at the bottom of the hour. So uh, this is a wild and crazy story. We're going to cover it all for you. And then coming up in hour number two, we're going to be speaking with Blackjack card counter and gambling extraordinaire, Anthony Curtis, author extraordinaire as well, going to be joining us in hour number two. If you've been living under a rock and you don't know exactly what's been going on here, Jeff Harriman, a very good, respected uh, reporter for decades and decades, great investigative reporter, was murdered. His body was found Saturday morning in Las Vegas. The person who uh, was a person of interest, a man by the name of Rob Tellis, as I mentioned, a lawyer, Practice probate in the state law. He's an elected position in 2018, replacing three-term public administrator. And then he lost in June. Now, Jeff Harriman wrote some pieces about Rob Tellis, some really good investigative reporting about his extramarital affairs, about, you know, situations, uh, misconduct perhaps at his in his workplace. So Tellis got into it with him on social media. And we just had a press conference. And I'll get to a little bit, probably a little bit more uh in regards to that press conference a little bit later on. But his body was found Saturday morning, and they had a car that matched the description of Tellus's car. Uh, they also found some of his clothes that were worn. There's video of him going to the crime scene and leaving the crime scene. He was arrested yesterday. He tried to inflict, and I guess he did inflict some harm to himself, maybe suicidal. He is in custody right now, and he is charged with murder. Herman was stabbed multiple times was found uh, in the side uh, of his yard in his house. It is a horrible situation. It is tragic. It is terrible. My thoughts and prayers go out to his family. And this guy, Rob, tell us, uh, I know you're supposed to use the term allegedly, and I know it's innocent until proven guilty. They have all the evidence. They have a DNA match. They have video of him uh, actually doing the crime as far as i know that's what uh joe lombardo alluded to earlier today they have video of him going to the crime scene leaving the crime scene they have the same clothes that were used uh that day and why why did Tellus do this because he was upset that he lost an election because he was upset that a reporter did their due diligence and did their job and reported 
on what any good reporter would do and got the facts, but he didn't like it. And by the way, Tellus is a guy with a family, with a wife and kids, obviously a psychopath. And yet we have another journalist that has lost his life. Since 1990, we've had close to 3,000 journalists worldwide that have been killed. And for what? And it breaks my heart. Jeff Herman came on my show years ago when I was doing the Vegas Take. He did my show multiple times. I loved having him on, and he was a super, super nice guy. A really nice guy and a really good reporter. What I don't understand is why Metro Police decided to let this guy go for a couple hours after interviewing him. My understanding, when they let him go, and this is something that needs to be questioned, folks. I'm glad they caught this guy, and I'm glad he's behind bars, and I'm sure he'll never see the light of day ever again. But my question is, they had his vehicle at the crime scene. They had the same clothing that was used. They had a clear motive. They knew this guy was the guy. Now, maybe they didn't have a DNA match, but they knew this guy was the guy. Why would you let him go and go back into his neighborhood where he apparently tried to kill himself? Luckily, he didn't try to kill anybody else. Why would Metro decide to let this guy go? And then Lombardo's response is ridiculous. We'll play that a little bit later on. You have all this mounting evidence against this guy. You basically have the murder on video, and you let him go for a couple hours? That's something that I'm going to talk about throughout the show today because I think that's bad policing. And it puts our community at risk. And Lombardo's excuse is, well, you know what? Uh, it was his right, you know, uh, it was his right to, to go. No, it wasn't. You had all the evidence right there to arrest him. I don't know. That's Again, that's something we'll talk But I have some criticisms for why they let him go for a couple hours. But I want to focus right now on the victim. Yeah, we're going to learn a little bit more about Rob Tellis. And as I said, we have Andre Haynes coming up at the bottom of the hour. Who knew him? So we're going to talk to him at the bottom of the hour. But I want to start my focus of this show, besides giving you the evidence and what took place, I want to talk about this guy, Jeff Herman, who's, who did my show a few times. He's always been nice to me, a really nice guy. And I wanted to find somebody that knew him, that has worked with him, that knows him well. And my friend Ron Futrell from Channel 8 Sports uh, is joining me right now on the line. Ron, I do appreciate you being here, and let me start out by saying I am very sorry for the loss of your friend. This is uh, tragic. It's horrible. Uh, I wish we didn't have to talk about this, Ron, but but I do appreciate you coming on. Thank you for being here. No, thank you, Brian. This is It's horrific, and this is a... Uh, no, no I, I don't know how best to describe. I'm sort of lost for words, and that doesn't happen to be very often, yeah. you know, of this whole thing and how it's happened. There's been a handful of cases like this over the years that we have... Looked at. I go back to when, when old timers here in town will remember when that day worked at the RJ in Channel Eight, and he had his car blown up by mobsters. Clearly, he was a, a mob guy reporter, and he let's see. Then, then later died in Hawaii in the mid mid to late eighties. Yeah, died uh, while swimming in Hawaii, and that was suspicious at the time. And the, no conclusion was ever drawn there of Ned Day of how exactly, why exactly. That happened, but okay. Now, now with this case, Jeff and I, uh, we worked. I'm going to go back 30 years, 30 plus years now. And you know, if you ever get me talking about uh, UNLV basketball and the Tark Maxim battles, that's a rabbit hole. You don't want to go down with me because you'll, three hours later, you'll, um, you'll I'll, I'll still have stuff to share. Um, anyway, it was, it was for the, for that five year period. I'm talking late 80s, early 90s. That was the premier political story in the Valley, was the battles between University President Bob Maxson and the removal of Jerry Tarkanian as basketball coach, and how Maxson basically wanted to get rid of Tark without 
taking the blame for it. And the media all pretty much chose sides in this. It was no, it, it, it was, you know, the RJ was on one side, the Sun was on one side. I was on, if you will, I was on the side with the Sun, and that was Jeff Garman. And he and I used to go back and forth and talk for hours on the phone over theories of why things were happening and what was going on. And why is the president of UNLV saying how much he likes Tart? But we're getting these stories from Review Journal reporters, not publicly, privately, that he's leaking stories to them negative towards Tark. Anyway, and so that so it, it, Jeff was so valuable in that. He got that story right, um, which is important, and he put it in the right context, which is also important if you're a reporter. And it was, I'm going to say, due to him and I sitting around just going through scenarios, trying to figure it out, making sure that we got it right, because you were hearing all sorts of crazy rumors back then, and people were trying to feed you and use you. This was all. This story was all about using the media, and so we were working hard to try to not be used and get the story right. And Jeff, yeah. bless him, um, invaluable. He broke the story of Rolly Massimino's secret contract. If anybody remembers that, he broke a lot. Ron, he broke a lot and, of stories, and, and I oh think, no, bro- I think a, you're one of many, Ron, that have talked about what a great reporter this guy was. Can you speak? personally uh, about the person because you you worked with him you've known him for decades ron what what was jeff like as a person no he he had this okay and here's here's i'm smiling when i'm thinking about it because he had this unique characteristic that it's it's hard for a lot of investigative reporters and i've known a lot of great investigative reporters over the years i don't really consider myself one uh, you know because that's not what i do i do sports mainly but when i have to i'll investigate but that being said Usually, they're, and the phrase used in the media is junkyard dog. They're a junkyard dog, meaning if they're, you, you, everybody gets that. You, you go into a junkyard, the dog is there, grabs onto your leg, is not going to let you go, and is, is brutal, vicious. And a lot of those type of reporters can't shift gears and be kind and nice and easygoing personally and fun, okay? If you got that junkyard mentality, you got that junkyard mentality, and sometimes it's 24-7. Jeff, Jeff could bounce back and forth. He could, he could easily spot the difference between the two worlds, where he could be the junkyard dog reporter, but he could turn around socially and, and in a nice, be nice and kind and friendly and be just as, as nice as anybody else. Um, so I, he had range. Let's go there. Uh, he had that range that I thought was unique, um, that he could have those, all the, that range of emotions, a fun, nice guy, but still... Watch out if he jumps on and he sees something that you're doing that's wrong. Not just that he thinks is wrong. And I trust I trust a, a Garman's judgment. Um, it was period, period. And that's what more could you say? Um, so can I ask you then, Ron? Do you believe that's what took place here with Rob Tellus? That he had that junkyard mentality, and obviously he did nothing wrong. He actually reported on the facts. This guy Tellus was not a good guy. The extramarital affairs, the issues he had in the workplace, and it appeared to me that uh, Jeff reported on it and did a very good job on it. Tellus didn't like it. That just seems to be the only motive here. But then when I see social media stuff between Tellus and Jeff, Jeff seemed to be very cordial with him. You know, so yeah. like that's what I saw. Right? Am I getting that right? No, you you got that right, and where he he basically took, and I'm I'm going to say, not Jeff didn't ruin his career. Tellus ruined his career um, by his attitude and who he was there, and you could tell that his employees thought he was sort of a dangerous guy in a sense. I mean, they they didn't like working around him. Um, he he was um, he 
well, how do I how do I approach this carefully, Brian? Um, he he was height um, challenged, and sometimes dudes that are height challenged um, can take out frustration in a lot of crazy ways. When I say that, it's five foot two, um, and so he he was apparently it's terror. Not not all short guys are like that, but he was one of those guys. I can't imagine. I I can't. uh, It's hard. (laughs) So I mean inappropriate. No, I know. No, I I get your point. (laughs) I can't even imagine, Ron, and it's hard to even think about this, you being his friend, the last moments of Jeff's life. I mean, I can't even imagine what went through his mind uh, when he saw this guy who clearly he knew who he was immediately, I'm sure. Yes. And just takes out a knife and just murders this man. And then the callousness where we see the video of Tellus walking back to his car. They showed the video uh, from Metro Police, the press conference today. Do you know if Jeff had any immediate family here in Las Vegas? Have you ever met any members no. of his Do you know anything about that? No, not married, not, not kids, but okay. um, had, had extended family right, and stuff that, that, that put out a statement today on, on – Offering condolences and thanking the, uh, the police department for mm-hmm. um, for what appears to be a resolution of this case. I mean, I don't. Can I, I ask you, you know, that the though? Only, can the, I... the only other person that could get off so quickly would be OJ from yeah. something like this. But his yeah. no, no. There was gloves. There was a knife. There's there everything. Was passion, there was there's there was everything. A, a disguise. Can I was, ask you a question, um, Ron? You you've been a reporter for a long time. You understand Metro. Even though you've been a sports reporter, you still have covered breaking news. So I think you're a good person to ask this question. Am I overstating things here? Am I reaching when I say they had all the evidence when they interviewed him? They had his vehicle. They had the clothing. They had video of the actual crime being committed. They knew they had their guy. Don't you think it's a little bit dangerous that that, that Metro Police let this guy go for a couple hours? First of all, he tried uh, to take his own life, uh, and second of all, thank God he didn't try to take anybody else's life i find that to be very bad and dangerous policing i don't care what their reasoning is they absolutely well, no, you have to get uh, um you got to care what they were first of all here it was a reasoning is first of all they're they're also in discussions with it as he said with the district attorney's office on what to do and how to do it so they were talking about with the person who has to prosecute this case steve wolfson i would imagine will take it but with the da's office they're in discussion with them so they weren't making this decision, I don't believe, in a vacuum. Uh, number one, number one point, that the DA's office was probably also involved in that decision to let him go. Number two, he was he was not let go for two hours. I guarantee you he was sur- surveyed by police, that they were, they were uh, there was surveillance done on him. And you have to do one of two, constitutionally, you have to do one of two things. You either have to charge him and arrest him right there, or you have to let him go. And so they they apparently I, I'm going to guess that in, in consultation with Steve Wilson, the DA's office, um, that they said right now we, we don't we don't have. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Mounting evidence. We can all put yeah, all that. I think it's ridiculous. But Ron, I get what you're saying. Arrest him right there. Ron, I get uh, I get everything. Protocol. I get and it. He was surveyed. I Let, get let's it. go here. Like like Wilson said at the press conference. I'm uh, not Wilson. I mean, Lombardo said. There was not just one police officer there at his house. (laughs) I understand that. that, I get everything. Ron, I get everything you just said, and it makes sense. But here's another portion of this. What if somebody's in his home, or what if he wants to just take his own life? You're giving him an opportunity to do that, which I find a little bit troubling. That's all I'm saying. Even if they're, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure people were, he, he was on surveillance. I don't think there's any question about that. They weren't going to let him go anywhere. With that said, they still let him go into his own home. We don't know if anybody was home with him, and we're learning that he self-inflicted wounds. We don't know what that means. I, yeah, I they, yeah. And they might have known. They, they, they had been in that house for much of the day, so they probably knew 
um, that there was nobody else in the house. Uh, they had that house under surveillance, constant surveillance. Right. Um, you, you know, so so they knew that. Um, mm-hmm. They knew whether there was or wasn't. I'm, I'm going to guess that they probably wouldn't have let him go back into his house if somebody were there. Um, I'm going to say something bold here. I, I wish he would have been successful in that bathtub with a knife. Um, and, I don't know. Uh, saved uh, I, I saved us from having to go through this BS and, yeah. and have him live for the next, the second half of his life. I can in totally. In state prison have to pay for this piece of garbage. I, I can totally to understand. So, I, I totally get why you would say that, and I've said that plenty. <laughs> but here's why uh, I feel the other way a little bit. He's going to have his day in court. He's going to have to face the music. He's going to spend the rest of his life in jail. And I actually like that. I like the fact that he's going to have to uh, suffer the rest of his life uh, rather than just taking his own life and it's over with. I do feel for his family. Uh, I'm sure his wife will be questioned. I feel bad for his kids. They did nothing wrong. Uh, let me ask you this, Ron, in closing, because uh, this is I want to go back to the victim here who we need to talk about more, which is Jeff Ehrman. Um, how would you want him to be remembered? You spent a lot of time around him professionally. Uh, you knew him very well, going back decades, Ron. So if somebody say, never knew Jeff and comes up to you and says, how do you think we should remember Jeff? What would you say, Ron? Fun-loving guy. A nice, kind, fun-loving guy, personally, and and and, and has that. You, you see, even in the picture in the RJ, he's smiling when he's next to Tellus there. There's a picture of Jeff's got a smile on his face uh, when he's talking to him and going through some of the stuff at the public administrator's office. Um, but... But, boy, he knew his craft. And there's a handful of great, I will put them in that category, of junkyard dog reporters here in town. George Knapp has been that for years. I mentioned Ned Day before. Uh, we, we've got, um, you know, great reporters at our station um, that, that are just doing a great job. And great John L. Smith, I'm putting him in that category, of great investigative reporters. We've had a handful here in town. And Jeff German was right there. He was on the Mount Rushmore of of just great journalists here in Vegas, uh, people who have the junkyard dogs that will grab on and won't let go and can do that when they catch somebody that's, that's doing something wrong. We go down the list of stories that he's done, and they're, they're legendary. From the mob, he was doing the mob, a great mob podcast at the RJ that he was a part of, and he was here through so much of this in almost four decades in Vegas. It's close to the same. His career sort of mirrors mine here in Vegas, at the same time, he did his best work, I thought, at the Sun and then at the RJ. Has done obviously great work there, too. But uh, you know, do I say nobody did did it better? I mean, it's hard to say because I will put John L. Smith up there. I'll put um, Steve Sebelius up there. I'll put uh, Ned Day when when he was alive. George Knapp now is still continuing to do that. So, handful of great reporters here in town, investigative reporters, Vanessa Murphy. At Channel Eight, and 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 boy, he was just one of, one of the greatest. But but he's you you met him. He's a fun guy. Personally, he's just a great guy, yeah, um, yeah. and a fun guy to be around. So he could he had he had that range to be able to do both, be fun loving and enjoyable. But boy, watch out if you if you cross him, and not just cross him. Watch out if you cross the truth, because he's he, he knows it, sees it, can spot it, and not every re- reporter can. Not every reporter has that. I'll call it the spirit of discretion, the ability to discern, and the the ability to apply context to a story. And I know he's pissed off a lot. Of, he's pissed off friends of mine with stories he's done. And and at times I've told him, hey, uh, German, you know, pay attention here. He's saying this, this, and this, and this. And, um, you know, 
here's here's how you deal with that is you know face it up front jeff saying some things that are right and probably getting it in the, and getting it in the right context you you look at yourself um i i would say that to people that were they feel crossed by him he was one he couldn't and it also speaks to not being able to let something go and to the point that how it must have ate up Robert Tellis and just ate him up that he had seen his uh, he he'd lost in the Democrat primary and, and wasn't able to uh, move on and, and continue in that position. And it, it, it his family was in ruins because of the ex- expose of his extramarital affairs and stuff. And so uh, it and, and it just ate, I'm picturing it just eating him up. It had to have to the point that you would take that sort of action. Come on, Brian. We've had people that have crossed us over the years and have done done us wrong over the years, you know, and stuff. But take it to that level? Are you kidding me? That's uh, no, I'm with you. And I'm it's, with you. It's it's. Uh, uh, I think we're all in shock, Ron. Uh, there's no question. We're all in shock, and and I haven't heard anybody say anything uh, negative about this guy and, and his journalism and, and 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 what he's done in his career. And I want to hold people to the fire. I try to do it on the radio every day, and certainly he did it on paper, and and so well-respected. This is so sad. Ron, let me close by saying I'm uh, very sorry for the loss of your friend. This is a tragic story. Uh, If there's anything at all positive we come out of this horrific story, it is that this guy is behind bars. He's not going to be out of prison. He's going to suffer for the rest of his life, but Jeff is no longer with us, and that's just the uh, the worst part about the story. Ron, I really do appreciate you coming on. I'm up against the clock here, my friend. All right. Uh, I'll talk to you soon, my friend, and I really do appreciate Brian, you, you coming care. on. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate that. Anytime. See uh, thank you. That's Ron Futrell, Channel 8, joining us um, on the line talking about uh, his friend, Jeff Harriman, who uh, was brutally murdered, stabbed to death, and uh, I know I'm supposed to use the term allegedly, but let's be honest, everybody. Uh, it was Rob Tellis that did it. And he's going to be convicted. He's already been charged with murder. And uh, this is just really sad. It's a really sad, sad situation. Um, we also know that uh, his office will remain closed, of course, until determination is made about uh, when it can reopen. That's that's certainly uh, that's certainly obvious. We know all we know all that stuff. And uh, there's a statement from uh, Clark County saying the je- the death of. Jeff Harriman was both shocking and tragic, and we join our community in being stunned on how the situation has continued to evolve. So that's not a shock either, but um, the circumstances of this certainly are, and we're going to continue to cover it. And again, the only victim that lost their life is Jeff Harriman, but there are other victims here. There's no question. Jeff's family, um, I think about them and the pain that they must be going through right now. Rob Tellis' family, I mean, his wife and his kids didn't do anything wrong as far as I know. So there there are a lot of victims here. Uh, the people at the RJ, you know, there's some people at the RJ that I don't like very much, I'm not very fond of, but what about these investigative journalists who are covering this story, they just lost their colleague? I mean, I can't imagine how difficult that must be on them. And they've done a really good job. By the way, We can pat Metro Police on the back all we want to, but uh, the people who really helped in this investigation were some of these RJ reporters. They're the ones who spotted that car and connected it to TELUS and told authorities. They deserve to be commended for that and the public giving tips. And listen, you can disagree with me all you want about whether Metro should have released this guy for a few hours or not. That's something we will certainly talk about uh, throughout the show today and and tomorrow. But um, Jeff Remain. Brutally murdered, 
really good investigative journalist. I'm so sorry that I have to report on this. Rob, tell us what a psychopath, scumbag, murderer you are. I hope you rot in jail for the rest of your life, you SOB. And why? You're the one who decided to have extramarital affairs. You're the one who harassed people in your law offices. You're the one who mistreated people. All Jeff did was report on the facts. And you didn't like it. So you decided to plan a murder and execute a murder. Coming up next, we're going to talk to a man by the name of Andre Haynes. Uh, He's working with uh, Patsy Brown, who's actually trying to get the Clark County Public Administrator seat, the same seat that Tellus was in. Andre knew Mr. Tellus. So we're going to talk to him and get his thoughts on this brutal situation. Uh, What would cause Rob Tellus to lose his mind and take somebody's life? Andre Haynes will be joining us next. Take a quick break. Be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. My J Supreme is the first national three-point contest where the finale ends right here in Las Vegas on Saturday, September 10th at Durango High School. On Championship Saturday, there's going to be $25,000 cash on the line. Winners from across the country will compete for the grand prize. Go watch and support the great cause, which is to raise money for community and gun violence intervention programs. There'll be an interactive fan contest where you can win cash and gift cards. Go to myjsupreme.com for more details. Again, myjsupreme.com. I want to tell you guys about one of my favorite doctors in the Valley, Dr. K. She's a board-certified internal medicine physician. She's been in practice for over 20 years, went to Yale. She believes in treating body and mind as a whole by achieving harmony and balance. She offers hormone replacement, Botox, skin rejuvenation, even snoring treatment, because we know how that could be annoying from time to time. Also, plasma treatments and so much more with cutting-edge technology. Please give her a call, 702-410-5779. You could also give her an email at cosmeticaesthetics.lv at gmail.com. Again, that number, 702-410-5779. Call Dr. K. Tell them I sent you, and I promise you won't be disappointed. 
Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to buy? The limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment, and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams and treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. All right, welcome back. It's Pushing Limits on a Thursday. Obviously, I wish we could report on some good news today, but the breaking news, the national news, of course. RJ reporter Jeff Harmon brutally murdered, stabbed to death, and it looks like the person who did it, he's been charged with murder, allegedly, is a guy by the name of Rob Tallis, a lawyer who practiced probate in the state law and won his elected position in 2018 as a Clark County Public Administrator. Well, the person we have with us on the line right now is the campaign manager for Patsy Brown, who is attempting to take that seat as the Clark County Public Administrator. And Andre did know Rob Tellis, so I appreciate him coming on and talking to us now. Andre, I appreciate you being here. I certainly wish it was under better circumstances, though. How are you? I'm doing all right. Good afternoon, and thank you so much for uh, having us on the show today. Absolutely. I guess this would be my first question. What what was your relationship with uh, Rob? Obviously, you knew him. I don't know how close you were to him. Do you recall the first time you met him, and how long have you known Rob? Tell us for. Uh, Can I say, before I answer that question, uh, first, Patsy Brown, we want to send our condolences to condolences, thoughts, and prayers to Jeff Gurman, uh, his family, his co-workers, the staff at the RJ, and all of the uh, journalists in uh, Las Vegas for yeah. what happened. Absolutely. Yes, uh, very well said. Yep, go ahead. To, to answer your question, uh, <laughs> and, and, and interesting twist, I've known uh, Rob Tellis actually for several years, um, probably seven or eight years. Uh, Patsy's known Rob for probably about five years um as 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 recently as 2019 um we hosted a truck retreat at glow zone near ikea and rob tellis his wife and his children were there and we actually had a uh, a nice conversation with them for 10 or 15 minutes talking about family uh the rotary club were all vegetarians um, we talked about uh, business and family, and he actually offered to, you know, give me a tour of his office. Do you recall and, the last conversation you had with him? Do you remember when it was, and what were you guys talking about, if you don't mind me it was, asking? It was actually, yes, it was actually just uh, probably January, December of last year, or January of this year, and I was actually sharing with Rob that uh, Patsy was going to be running for public administrator, you know, giving him a uh, courtesy notice. Because we were, you know, friendly with one another. Gotcha. And, well, you know, what were your impersonations of him? I mean, you've known him for several years. You mentioned Patsy's known him for about five years. Before this story comes out, right? 
what were your what was what was kind of your feelings about him as a person? What what were your you know what are your thoughts on that? You know what he was a uh, a nice guy, you know, appeared to be a loving husband, a great family guy. Um, you know, very uh, mild mannered. You know, but what, one of the things that changed that opinion is months ago, uh, Rob Tellis. Uh, Patrick Cassell and a few other candidates, they appeared on an endorsement interview with Veterans in Politics. It's filmed. It's on YouTube. You can watch it. And Rob was very uh, disenchanted, very disgruntled, very angry. Um, he seemed off. And uh, Patsy, Patsy was not uh, there to participate in that. She was away on, on business. But she watched the interview afterwards, and I remember Patsy saying to me, something's wrong with him. Something's very wrong. Uh, he seems different. I don't know what's going on with that guy. He looks like he could snap any minute. And you know, my, my initial response was, you know, well, maybe you're maybe you're overlooking that. You know, maybe you're reading into that the wrong way. Maybe you're just saying that because you're running for the same public office. You know, but uh, unfortunately, to my surprise, I was wrong. Well, that's 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 interesting to me so your wife patsy brown had an inclination she noticed you're telling me she noticed there's something not right with this guy rob teller there's something not right with him there's something going on with him obviously she was right but that's some pretty interesting intuition and she noticed that just by his mannerisms you're saying she did and i didn't see it and it's amazing because you know women's intuition it's real i mean she she called i'm gonna be honest i i I thought she overreacted. I thought she was exaggerating, but clearly I was wrong. Wow, that's interesting to me. And and now when you first heard this news, uh, Andre, knowing this guy, you and your wife, knowing Rob Tellis, when you first heard that he was under investigation and then, of course, yesterday uh, being charged with murder, what went through your mind, you and your wife? Like, what's going through your mind? Well, for myself, I immediately went into protection mode. You know, I think any good husband, when he hears of, of nearby danger that can harm his family, he's going to go into protection mode. So I immediately went into protection mode. Um, Patsy Brown has a security detail that's with her. You've probably seen them. Um, I made sure that, that the kids were okay, made sure that the house was secure. And, you know, here's some, some things we can do to make sure we're safe and just be extra cautious. Now, as far as, uh, as, far as Patsy Brown, it actually started coming to a head yesterday because when we were together, we were getting something to eat, and she just broke down crying. Hmm. And I said, hey, what's wrong? What's going on? And it took her a few minutes to calm herself and gather her thoughts. And she says, well, you know what happened? She says, uh, you know, I was, I, was running, I was running in the same office with this guy. I've, I've been at the same place with this guy. You know this guy. You talk to this guy. Um, you know, he's been very public about how he feels. She goes, and? She goes, uh, my father's not here. He's dead. She goes, normally when I'm afraid or something major happens, I call my father. Yeah. She goes, when my dad passed away a few weeks ago, I can't call him. That's very sad. So yeah, I'm sorry to hear. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, so she's, you know, so she has a lot of emotions going on, which which is why you're talking to me now and and not her. No, I understand know, that. I, yeah, I, I I sympathize with that. When you say that you were, you know, worried about security. Were you afraid at the time that uh, of Rob? Why do you why do you say that? I'm curious. When you said you were you were taking security precautions, because you know what with 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 with, with what Rob did, um, 
you know, sometimes you think you know people and you don't. And if if he did that to Jeff and he was angry with, with Jeff about that, he could do it to anybody. And, I mean, if you read the, the series of stories that came out in the RJ, unfortunately, you know, Jeff was – he was the messenger. But the person who Rob is really mad at is, is Rita Page Reed. That's where the whole feud and the back and forth and the hostile office – it was it was Rob versus Rita, and you know as Patsy Brown's campaign manager and as a husband, I knew there was a possibility that Rob could lash out at all the candidates who were running for public administrator and opposing him, especially considering that Rob recently lost the primary in June. So That's... I didn't want to take chance or leave anything you know to guess. I, I understand that. When you hear the news, you don't know what this guy could be capable of. You knew him. Of course, your wife running for the same position that TELUS uh, had uh, or at the time. So, yeah, no, I, I can understand where you're coming from there. No question about it. So moving forward now, I don't even know how to ask this question. But, I mean, your wife is, is looking for that same seat. She's running for that same seat that TELUS was in. We know the stories that came out. The infidelities would tell us. Uh, you know, the situation with what was taking place in the workplace. Your wife wanting that seat now, I mean, obviously we need to change. What is your wife saying about this position these days? You know what, you're right. We, we do need a change, and we're right now waiting to see. Uh, uh, Jeff Gurman was working on another story that he was planning to release, and this one was actually about Rita Page Reed. And it had a lot of negative implications of her. And the reason I know about the story is just a few weeks ago, Patsy Brown spent almost 45 minutes having a phone conversation with Jeff Berman. And, and he was uh, interviewing her, and she was sharing information um, that, that she knew about the office and, and about Rita Page Reed. And, you know, Jeff was asking her about, you know, the NRS codes and the actual function of the office. So, I don't know what he had, but Jeff has something juicy against Rita Page Reed. And so now that this happened, even though Rob did it, I mean, we're now looking we're, we're looking at Rita. Right. And, and it's like, wow, because, you know, Rob, Rob did what he did, or as being investigated now, he's alleged to have murdered Jeff. But we also know um, at, at the top of this also is, is Rita Page Reed, the, uh, the back and forth, the, the provoking, um, we've heard rumors that Rita Page Reed hired the uh, private investigator who followed Rob, who filmed him, who then turned that over to Jeff. And that, that's not confirmed, but, but we're hearing a lot of things. But definitely Rita Page Reed had contributed to the animosity, the hostility, the bullying, the stuff going on in the office. And unfortunately, it came to a head with Rob doing what he did. And and now we're you know we're mourning the loss of Jeff Gurman. So, you know, uh, our prayers and thoughts even go out to the staff. I mean, the people yeah. working for the public administrator. When you see the the boss and and the second in command going at it, and the office is split. There's emails. There's videos. There's verbal confrontations. And then the county has to bring in a third party to kind of come keep the peace and and, and squash it. And then now now we're talking about murder, and now we're talking about people in that office. And, it, you know, it was Rob and Rita going back and forth. That's scary because if Patsy, you know, God willing, wins the election, if Rita's still there, what happens now? Is, is Rita going to send emails? Is she going to 
get a private investigator? Is she going right. to fight? Is the office going to be divided? What is the climate going to be there? Well, no question, no question, Andre, there's been a lot of dysfunction in those offices. There's no question about that. But I th- I'm sure you will agree with me. Even if everything you just said about Rita is true, uh, there is no ju- – and I know you're not saying this – but there is no justification taking it to the next level of taking somebody's life. Uh, uh, yeah. There, there's, a, there's not. There, 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 yeah. there, there never is. I, I don't. You know, that was, that, 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 that was senseless. Yeah, there's no it, it question. Well, I, I can't imagine, you know, listen, I, I can't say, I've, I guess this is a good thing. Uh, I, I've, I've never known anybody personally that took somebody else's life. I can't imagine what you guys are going through in the emotions. I mean, this is just uh, shocking. I mean, this has shocked the community. It's turned into a national story. And, you know, I talk about journalists, and, and you know, Andre, since 1990, almost 2,700 journalists have been killed. And this is, uh, sadly, you got to add Jeff now to that list. And, uh, you know, I just had Ron Friedschild from Channel 8 on, and he was a friend of Jeff's. And, and everybody I've talked to said this guy was a really, really good journalist. He was good. Uh, yeah. You know, he was, he was, you know, he didn't go after people for the, for the enjoyment of going after people. He covered stories and facts, and he did his job. And it sounds like he did that when it comes to Rob Tellus, and Tellus didn't like it, and he just snapped. I mean, that's what it sounds right. like to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and the thing is, Jeff uh, Gurman and Patsy Brown became close real fast. The, e, even though, you know, um, the, the story about the office and Patsy running for that office, even though that's what initially brought them together, they did develop quickly a friendship, a level of trust and comfort with right. one another. So it's not just, you know, it's not just some guy she had a, a phone call with or happened to know. No, they're there. There, there was a budding relationship there. And, you know, I, I mean, in my experience, the only time I've heard of journalists and media people, you know, being murdered or kidnapped, there's a war. It's overseas. It's in a third world country. And, you know what I mean? They, they were covering, you know, something like that. But never, you know, never someone like Sweet Jeff, who does a good job, who's, you know, never met a stranger, he's friendly, never someone like him and never in Las Vegas, Nevada. I guess this would be my last question for you, and I guess it's a loaded question. How does yourself and your wife put this in perspective, knowing that you hung out with this guy who clearly, I mean, I know we're supposed to use the term allegedly, but the evidence is overwhelming. I mean, there's basically video of him doing this this horrible crime, doing the deed, doing this horrible act. How do you put this in perspective with your wife, knowing that you were hanging around a man who most likely took a journalist's life because he didn't like some articles you wrote about him. How do you put that in perspective? You know, one of, uh, that's a great question. Um, one, one of the things is, is this, and, and we're fearful for Rita, and, and it's this. you got to treat people right. Whether you agree or disagree, whether you come from different places, whether one person has one position and the other person has another, treat Treat everybody decent. Treat them with respect. Don't be mean. Don't start a fight. If you can walk away from the fight, do that. You know, because you you never know how another person is going to internalize that. You never know how they're going to respond. And you don't know how people are interpreting or translating what you say and what you do to them. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, if, if you think about bullying, for example, which has been, you know, on the news cycles for years, you would hear about kids who go online and tell a person, you know, you should hurt yourself or you should do this or that, and the person does it. But legally in court, the people who were the antagonists of that 
they were found civilly and sometimes criminally liable and responsible. So, you know, I would just say, you know, um, even to other candidates out there, I, I, I know how politics goes. I know people disagree. I know it gets passionate. But you know what? You don't have to hit below the belt. You don't have to be nasty. You don't have to push a person too far. Don't do it. Because when you do that and you have the hostility in the environment going on in the office between Rob Tellis and Rita Page Reed, and Jeff was just doing his job, and now we are where we are, it's not worth it. You're right. Uh, and Jeff, you're right. Jeff was just doing his job. He didn't incite anything. He was just writing articles and doing his job and reporting uh, and, you know, reporting on facts from what I can see, whether it be extramarital affairs, you name it. Uh, why, why Rob Tellis, who uh, just because he lost an election, he's, he was still a successful attorney. He has a beautiful family from what I can see, beautiful wife and kids to just throw it all away like this and take an innocent life. Because of, cause somebody wrote a few articles about you that were negative. By the way, you did it to yourself. Uh, to me, it's just it just doesn't make any sense. Well, hopefully, Andre, we can get your wife here in studio next week. Uh, uh, obviously, you need a few more days to process all this. And and I'm sorry because you know you guys are victims as well. You know you guys didn't do anything wrong. Anybody that knows Rob, maybe a friend, family member, they're all victims as well. They didn't do anything wrong. Uh, obviously, we think first of Jeff's family uh, because he lost his life, brutally murdered. But uh, there are a lot of victims here, and you guys are are, are there as well. So I I wish please. Tell your wife I wish her the best, and I'm sorry you guys are going through this, Andre. And uh, you're welcome to come in next week, and we'll talk later. But uh, I do appreciate you coming on on short notice, Andre, and I, I wish you guys well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. That is Andre Haynes. He is the campaign manager um, and husband to Patsy Brown, who's running for the same seat that Rob Tellis was in. He's, he's sitting in a jail right now. But um, also personal friends to, to tell us and his family. That was uh, that's pretty riveting stuff that he told me that his wife Patsy had an inkling that something wasn't right with this guy. There's something off. There's something wrong. And Andre was honest and he said thought his wife was overreacting. Boy was she not. Boy was she right. You know when you hang out with somebody, we've all had that somebody. I'm not saying somebody that committed a murder, but you know somebody's not right. Maybe they had a bad day or. They broke up with somebody or they're having family issues or they lost their job. You all know that somebody in your life and you just say, boy, there's something not right with that person. Then they do something stupid, right? We've all had that in our life. Maybe it was us. And again, I'm not talking about the ultimate crime of murder, but we all know somebody in our life that, you know, is on the edge. And Andre's wife, Patsy, she had that inkling. She knew something wasn't right. She told her husband. It's pretty interesting to me. I want to say this, though. For those of you idiots out there that want to talk about how this guy, Rob Tellis, is a Democrat, and you think that's a part of this story, you're an idiot. Derek Chauvin, when he put his knee on George Floyd's neck for nine minutes, you didn't hear everybody asking whether he was a Republican or a Democrat. No, he was a murderer, and that's why he's in jail right now. Rob Tellis is a murderer, okay? I'm not saying allegedly his family can sue me if they like. Rob Tellis is a murderer. And for you morons out there that are trying to make this about politics, because some of you are, when I see these Facebook posts and these Twitter posts, oh, he was a Democrat, you stupid idiots. You think Jeff's family cares about whether Rob Tellis was a Republican or a Democrat? Completely irrelevant to the story. But you guys want to make it about politics? 
Who cares if he was a Democrat? What does that mean, that Democrats are murderers? What are you trying to say? He could have easily been a Republican or an Independent. Who cares? Who cares? You're disgusting. You're disgusting if you're making this about him being a Democrat. It had nothing to do with the story. He was a political appointed official in Las Vegas running for office in a seat of the Clark County Public Administrator seat. That's what he was. He did some stupid things, not murder yet, but he did some stupid things like extramarital affairs and harassment in the office place. That has nothing to do with the fact whether he has a D or an R next to his name. Nothing. And I get so frustrated when people do this. Right? Sadly, there are a lot of murderers that ha- murders that happen in this country. The first question we don't ask is, oh, was he a Republican or a Democrat? You're a stupid fool and probably a MAGA moron if you're making the case, oh, look, the Democrat did this. Look, it's the Democrats. The Democrats that don't like... I saw some idiot post on social media last night, I guess the Democrats don't like the journalist either. You stupid fool. This is not about politics. This is not about whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. The story is we have, and it's a sad one, a public official who was an elected official who was running for office, who was currently still in his seat, who didn't like a couple articles that were written from a really good, respected journalist, and those articles were not defamation articles. It wasn't gossip. It was facts. It was truth about an extramarital affair and about harassment in the workplace. And we're going to learn more about this, but it's pretty clear motive to me that Rob Tellis didn't like it. And obviously, he probably had other stuff going on in his life. I don't know. None of these are excuses. He couldn't handle it. And he didn't like it that a journalist held his feet to the fire. So what does he do? He decides to grab a knife and kill a journalist because he's a murderer. That's why. So stop it with the first sentence of your article calling him a Democrat because it's academic. And by the way, everybody that's doing that, Everybody that's writing articles or saying that he's a Democrat and making a big deal that he's on the left are MAGA morons. And you're a MAGA moron. And you're exactly what Joe Biden was talking about. You don't represent Republicans. You don't represent conservatives. You represent trash is what you are. You're trash. And by the way, if somebody wrote an article and this guy happened to be a Republican, I would be saying the exact same thing. Because whether he's on the left or the right is academic to this story. It's academic. Like I said, Derek Chauvin, when he committed that murder, were people trying to figure out whether he was a Republican or a Democrat? Don't care. When somebody commits a heinous crime or a heinous act, doesn't matter. And then you can say, well, Brian, what about January 6th? The reason why political affiliation matters on the January 6th is because they were there and there were lies being spewed by Republicans that they were Antifa and Hillary Clinton Democrats. These were people trying to overthrow an election that were Donald Trump supporters, many of them white supremacists. So yes, in context, there are certain situations where, yes, a political affiliation matters when you're trying to overthrow the outcome of, say, an election. That's a different circumstance, right? I've never talked about O.J. Simpson's political affiliation because I don't care. I believe he's a murderer. You know, Henry Ruggs, are people, people talking about his political affiliation when he killed Tina Tintor? Driving under the influence, going 150 miles an hour? No. No. 
There is a time and a place to talk about politics. And yes, every situation is different. Politics have nothing to do with this story. Murder does. Murder because somebody didn't like a journalist. And by the way, maybe we should stop attacking the media and calling them fake news, huh? I don't like Fox News. I believe Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Lauren Graham, they are dangerous people for society. But never, ever in a million years would I ever condone violence. And when did this fake news stuff start? It started almost six years ago. And you know who started it. And you know then that pipe bombs were sent to CNN. And I just gave you the stats of over 2,600 journalists that have been killed since 1990. And those statistics are rising. Why? Because you don't like an article that's written about you. You don't want to be held defeat to the fire. Just like Rob Tellis. He didn't want to be held to account for his behavior. And we had a good, and by the way, it doesn't even matter if you're not a good journalist. Nothing condones killing somebody. Even if you do write up something that is not true about somebody, it doesn't have an excuse to stab somebody in the neck several times and kill them. That is not an excuse, ever. I am sick of the attacks on the media. I am sick of the attacks on journalists specifically, not media personalities which I don't condone violence to anybody anyway, but we're not talking about media personalities. We're talking about journalists, respected journalists, like Jeff Gehrman. Respected journalists who are doing their job and reporting on the facts, which is what he did in doing what he loved to do and doing what he was so good at. And somebody who didn't like it and decided to take his life and leave his family behind also, kids and a wife, So we're going to continue to cover this story tomorrow, next week. I'm going to have some very special guests coming in to talk about it because I have a lot of questions about Metro Police, their handling of this investigation. Why they let them go out for a few hours is beyond me. But I appreciate Ron Futrell talking about his late friend. And I appreciate Andre Haynes talking about his friend as well. Rob Tellis, who is a murderer, by the way. But I appreciate both of their perspectives. I really do. All right, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to switch topics. And we are going to, you know, do you want to make some money this weekend? Maybe you want to make some money at the uh, blackjack tables. Maybe you want to make some money on the football game tonight. Maybe this weekend. Everybody wants to make some money in the casinos, right? And take them. Take them down, baby. Well, a guy that did it for a very long time, and now he's writing books about it because he's not allowed to play blackjack at any of the casinos, certainly not in this town. Anthony Curtis will be joining us next. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. It is Pushing the Limits on a Thursday. So glad you could join us. By the way, Natalie Williams, the general manager of the Las Vegas Aces, will be joining us tomorrow. Also, a very special uh, national shooting contest that's going to be happening this weekend. Twenty-five grand to the winner. Uh, Raphael, one of the guys in charge of it, uh, is going to be coming in studio to talk a little bit about this awesome event, which is free to attend. And, of course, Dr. Stephen Fry is going to be joining us tomorrow as well. Anthony Curtis gambler extraordinaire will be joining us in studio here in a few by the way i hope you guys can join me on monday 
because I'm hosting a Monday night football party at Sapphire Gentlemen's Club. Listen to this deal. Not only do you get to meet yours truly, Brian Shapiro, 25 bucks, here's what you get, besides a glossy, you know, 8x10 signed photo of, of myself, uh, which is definitely worth at least 25 cents. Um, open. By the way, it probably costs more than that for a glossy photo. It, whatever the, the, the photo costs, uh, I would say that's, that's what it's worth. Uh, open bar from 4 to 7 p.m. at Sapphire. Free food, great buffet, good food. 25 bucks to get to enjoy the Monday night football game, which is the Broncos and the Seahawks. So please check us out. We're going to be doing a podcast out there as well on Monday at Sapphire Gentlemen's Club. So Metro Police held a press conference this morning, Joe Lombardo, uh, Sheriff Joe Lombardo. Uh, he will always be former Sheriff Joe Lombardo. He's not going to be governor. But anyway, that's another story for another show. But uh, Lombardo held a press conference in regards to this, this horrific murder of this RJ journalist. Uh, here is what Sheriff Lombardo had to say uh, in regards to the arrest. The murder of an investigative journalist and the main suspect, an elected official here in Clark County, because of the relentless follow-up of our detectives and with your help, I'm here to announce the arrest of 45-year-old Robert Tellis. He was booked in the Clark County Detention Center last night on the charge of open murder. This is a terrible and jarring homicide one that has deeply impacted Las Vegas. Every murder is tragic, but the killing of a journalist is particularly troublesome. So he's right. It's pretty troublesome. That's one way to put it. And again, this press conference just took place this morning uh, a few hours ago. And listen, you had a homicide detective speaking, and we know all the, uh, for the most part, the circumstance surrounding all of this. Police were able to match the vehicle that was seen near the crime. RJ reporters actually helped police and aided them in the uh, arrest of this guy, which is incredible. I praise those reporters uh, tremendously. I can't even imagine how difficult this must be covering this story for them. Uh, We learned in this press conference that uh, the clothing that fitted the same type of clothing that uh, it appears that Tellus was wearing when he committed this crime, he cut off part of his hat that he was wearing. Maybe there was blood on his hat or something. Uh, he cut off uh, parts of the clothing that he was wearing uh, so that uh, he tried to you know, get rid of some of the evidence. Amazing to me that he didn't even throw away the clothing somewhere else. By the way, how stupid is this guy? I mean, obviously, you've got to be a madman and a nut job to kill an innocent journalist. But then how about the stupidity of this guy where he doesn't throw away the clothes that he used. He parks his car right around the area where he kills this guy. I mean, it's just it's, it's mind-boggling. And then uh, the casualness of this guy, where after he kills this poor journalist, he's walking in this casual way after just taking somebody's life. I mean, it's just it's mind-boggling to me. Now, this is the... Go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I'm so the hat was cut up to be destroyed. Right. So were the shoes, but the shoes also had a blood stain on them. Yeah, it's, so that's how they got DNA. Yeah. My understanding is that's how they got them with the DNA. Yeah, uh, how stupid are you? Like it seems from this. I know this is real life, not a movie, but like, wouldn't you just put that in a dumpster or something? Like, what are you doing, even holding on to that? Burn stuff? it. Yeah, like burn your car. Like I don't know. Listen, I'm not a criminal, and I would never take somebody's life. Uh, I'm just saying, what a dummy this guy is too. Uh, besides being a, a murderer. Now, here's the part of this story that, how should I put this? Here's a part of the story that I'm questioning. And listen, I am pro-police. I am so glad that the police 
did their due diligence and they got this guy and they got their man. But, I mean, you can't ask for more evidence than what they have. I mean, a DNA match, video. I mean, they have everything. But they had most of this stuff, maybe not the DNA, but they had just about everything else before they arrested this guy. He comes in, he does an interview, and then he comes home in like a hazmat suit because I guess they took his clothes. And it's like a scene from a, it's like a movie, this whole situation. It's terrible. I wish it was a movie. I wish it wasn't real life. But why would you let, let this guy out for a couple hours? Like, I don't understand it. Even if he was under surveillance, which I'm sure he was, he wasn't allowed to go anywhere, I'm sure. You're giving him an opportunity to take his own life. You're giving him an opportunity to either harm himself or somebody else. That part of it, I really don't understand. So this is Joe Lombardo himself in the press conference this morning when he was asked the question, why did you let him out for a few hours? Why didn't you detain him right there? Here's Joe Lombardo's response. That's dictated by the Constitution and the NRS and the ability for an individual to leave on their free will uh, until we attain enough evidence to rise to probable cause to effect an arrest. And that was the reason why that took place at that time. Okay, I'm going to question that. You're telling me you didn't have probable cause where you have him basically on video going to the scene, leaving the scene, allegedly committing the crime. I heard you have evidence of uh, video of that as well. You had his vehicle. You had the clothing and all that stuff. You had motive. You're telling me when you were interviewing him, you didn't have probable cause. So instead, you have to frighten a neighborhood and shut down the whole neighborhood. And then you have to bring the SWAT team in. How much money does that cost taxpayers? And you're lucky that he didn't harm anybody. And I don't know if whether he was under surveillance or not. I would assume he probably was. But he tried to harm himself. He could have taken his own life. You're telling me you didn't have probable cause? What moron made that assessment? Yes, you're a moron. What moron said, hey, you know what? We don't have probable cause to arrest this guy. Even though we have his vehicle, we have him at the scene of the crime. We have the clothing. We have a motive. We have all that stuff. But boy, you know, I don't think we have probable cause yet. Are you kidding me? Well, who made that determination? Steve Wolfson? Did Steve Wolfson make that determination? I don't know. I, I think this is something that needs to be questioned. That's all I'm saying. This needs to be questioned. I applaud Metro. I applaud them for doing their due diligence and the detectives. I applaud them for getting this guy behind bars. But, I mean, how much more evidence do you need? You don't need DNA to arrest somebody. They had everything. I have a problem with this. I don't want to hear this political jargon or whatever else it is. And I don't want to hear Lombardo say, well, you know what? We didn't have probable cause. (laughs) Trust me, folks. I think I've seen Metro Police arrest far many more people with less evidence than the evidence they had on this guy even before the DNA came back. You don't have to frighten a neighborhood and bring the SWAT in. I want to talk about good policing. And I want to congratulate officers for doing a great job. And that's why I shake officers' hands every day and say, job well done, thank you for doing what you do. I try to do that every day when I see police officers. But we also need to call out stupidity. I want to know what person made that decision that we don't have enough probable cause, let's let him go home and let's wait until the DNA match comes back. I want to know who made Was it Steve Wolfson? I want to know because you're a jackass. You're a jackass. What about if, you, what about if I'm this guy's neighbor? If I'm Rob Tellis' neighbor, I say to myself, why would you let this murderer go home? He could have killed my kids. Then what would we be saying? Whether he's under surveillance or not, just ridiculous.
again, my thoughts go out to Jeff Harriman's family. It's a very sad situation. Uh, it's horrible, loss of life. Good journalist, good guy. He's been on my show before, and it's just it's just horrible. Uh, tell us, uh, give him the death penalty as far as I'm concerned. Hang him, hang him. Seriously, throw rocks at him and beat him to death for all I care. This allegedly nonsense. We know he did it. He's on video doing it. We know. And uh, I do feel for his family as well, who from what I can see did absolutely nothing wrong, but this is just a horrible situation. Vegas back in the national news for the wrong reasons, and it's very sad. And we will continue to monitor this story uh, on the show tomorrow, and we will monitor the story moving forward uh, next week as well, and we'll get some very special guests on to continue to cover this story. My understanding is in about 15 minutes he's making his first uh, appearance in court, Rob Tellis's. So uh, any, any any news breaks on that, we will, we will bring it to you. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a p- quick break, and when we come back, do you want to make money at the blackjack tables, right? Do you want to be a better gambler all around? Well, the guy coming in studio next, he's written plenty of books on becoming a winning gambler. His life is pretty fascinating, and his accomplishments as a professional gambler, blackjack player, he's a heck of a sports better as well, and I've read some of the book, his books. They really are fantastic. He's a publisher. He runs a pretty popular website that we're going to talk about as well. He's done this show before. Of course, I'm talking about Anthony Curtis. He'll be joining us in studio next, so we'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn, that true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? And you can be a hero. Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. My J Supreme is the first national three-point contest where the finale ends right here in Las Vegas on Saturday, September 10th at Durango High School. On Championship Saturday, there's going to be $25,000 cash on the line. Winners from across the country will compete for the grand prize. Go watch and support the great cause, which is to raise money for community and gun violence intervention programs. There'll be an interactive fan contest where you can win cash and gift cards. Go to myjsupreme.com for more details. Again, myjsupreme.com. I want to tell you guys about one of my favorite doctors in the Valley, Dr. K. She's a board-certified internal medicine physician. She's been in practice for over 20 years, went to Yale. She believes in treating body and mind as a whole by achieving harmony and balance. 
She offers hormone replacement, Botox, skin rejuvenation, even snoring treatment, because we know how that can be annoying from time to time. Also, plasma treatments and so much more with cutting-edge technology. Please give her a call, 702-410-5779. You could also give her an email at cosmeticaesthetics.lv at gmail.com. Again, that number, 702-410-5779. Call Dr. K, tell them I sent you, and I promise you won't be disappointed. Hey, everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment, and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams and treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. All right, welcome back. It's Pushing the Limits on a Thursday, broadcasting not just on the AM dial, but, of course, broadcasting live on our YouTube page, PTL Vegas. Uh, also on my Twitter page, Pushing Limits LV. Where else are we, Justin? We're, we're everywhere, aren't we? We're, all, uh, we're on Twitch. We're on Twi- YouTube. Twitch, we're on... YouTube. We're all over the place, man. Uh, I don't know. We're you know, all... You know why we're all over the place? You know why I have so much energy? Why? You're wondering, weren't you? I'm wondering. Because I'm on the testosterone therapy, uh, Sahara West Urchin and Primary Care. Uh, check them out, 702-248-0554. Uh, take most insurances, and if you don't have any, $95 self-pay located on Sahara and Jones. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Check them out if, if you need some help. Sahara West Urgent Primary Care will take care of you. Okay, I talk about gambling a lot on this show because I gamble myself. I, I can be a degenerate gambler from time to time. I think that's fair to say. Not as bad as Chris Wynn, by the way. But, uh, you know, I play blackjack, sports betting. I'm always looking for tips. I'm always looking for an edge. I'm always looking for help. And the guy we have with us in the studio right now has uh, been a professional gambler for a very, very long time. He's an author. He's a publisher. Of course, his fantastic website that gets a lot of hits, which is the Las Vegas Advisor. Uh, he's been doing it for decades and decades and decades. And his, his gambling resume is, is, is something that you definitely want. That is for sure. A very successful guy and very happy to have Anthony Curtis with us in the studio. Anthony, thank you so much for being here. How are you? The 400-year-old Anthony Curtis has been doing it for decades and decades. So we're, we're going to lighten it up now? We're going to talk about gambling? I mean, We are, yeah. I, I was driving 
coming up here and listening to the show. I was afraid to come in. I was like, Geez. oh, getting fired up. Yeah, that's, it's a, a, certainly a tragic situation uh, that took place. That's for sure. And you know, it almost reminds me of you know, back in the day. You've been in Vegas a long time. I wasn't, but the mob stories back in the day and the murders. Yeah. And you know, you've been here for a very, very long time. But yeah, you're right. We're not here to talk to you about that. Yeah. Um, so before we get to your blackjack endeavors, and, and, and we'll talk a little about that, let, let's get right down to it. Football season starts today. And I know you're in a lot of these uh, contests. You've been a professional sports better for a long time. Uh, what are your thoughts on this season? What are your thoughts on the Raiders? What are you th- and, and maybe your thoughts on the, on the game tonight, uh, Bill's game tonight on the road, right? Yeah, well, you know, my thoughts are you never know. When you're going into, into week one, you never know. And, you know, you just kind of sit back and watch. You don't learn a lot from preseason. Yeah. You sit back and watch and see what's going to happen. What What's exciting this year is just what's going on with the contests. Yeah. You know, Circa just barged through the door, you know I they mean? They lost a lot of money last year with their contest, right? How much money did they lose? Close to $2 million. Can you explain to people why they lost money? Yeah, they were, what happened was there was a, what's called an overlay developed, meaning that they made a guarantee of X number, you know, X million dollars, and I think it was $6 million, and they only brought in $4 million in contest entries. So right. they are obligated, because of the guarantee, to give away the excess. So I think it was $1.9 million they had to give away. Now, what this does for the player... This is called an equity overlay, the equity being the amount of money in the prize pool. And most of these tournaments now, these, these contests are what we call 100% equity, meaning everything that people buy in for, if you buy in, 10 people buy in for $100, they're giving away $1,000 in right. prize. But Which this, is great for the player. It's, well, it's great. It's, it's, yeah. it's even money, right? right you know, right, And if you're right. better, you're going you're gonna to do well. Now, when there's, a, when there's an overlay, it means that everybody theoretically has an advantage. It means that their average return in the, in the, in the contest is more than the money they, they put up to answer. Can, so let me ask you this. The reason why some of these books do this, and correct me if I'm wrong, they want people in the casino. They want people to spend money. They want people to gamble on other things. And they figure, now I'm sure uh, Derek Stevens didn't say, well, let's just lose a couple million dollars. I don't think they wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. They wanted more people in there. But I think a lot of these places, like William Hill, you know, they charge like 20 bucks, 25 bucks to do this weekly contest. And some of these places just give it away because they want people involved. They want people to bet on other things, right? Well, that kind of used to be the way it was. You know, like, you know back when Station Casino and Boyd yeah. used to run their free contests, mm-hmm. They would give that money away because they wanted people coming in to submit their picks every week. Now, Station and Boyd, they don't want to give away anything anymore, so they don't do that contest anymore. Now, when you're talking with somebody like Circa, you put on almost all your contest picks go in via the app, Hmm. so you don't even have to go in. So they're not doing it to generate visits to the casino per se. They're doing it to raise their profile as the sports betting company as the sports circus sports gotcha. is the sports betting company in all of vegas so and that's why they're doing it so we're going to get to you know the blackjack and all the other endeavors that you've had in your career but going on the sports betting uh trend here that we're talking about do you bet props on football let's just focus on football right now do you bet props do you bet team totals do you bet wins losses uh, over unders spreads money lines what type of sports betting are you doing when it comes to the NFL well this will disappoint you but I bet whatever my experts tell me to bet oh all right I now see. if we're going to talk about something like blackjack I can talk to you a lot about strategy and Understood. so forth when it comes to football betting when it comes to sports betting mm-hmm. I'm more of a what, what they call a market player gotcha meaning I look for discrepancies in numbers and lines and things like that now I have a bunch of friends 
or are extremely good at handicapping, especially things like props and so forth. And when they give me plays, I jump right on it. I just say, you tell me the better, I'm not asking you to give me all your guys' plays this weekend. I wouldn't do that. But uh, throw me a bone here. What are your thoughts on the game tonight? What do you guys think about the game tonight? Well, the game tonight's a tough one because, you know, you've got... Three, right? The spread's two and a half? Two two and a half. Okay. Yeah, three would... I think I'd be jumping on a three. Yeah. You know, if I could get three at home with with the Rams. But, you know, you You got... buy a half a point, can't you? You can, but it's expensive. Yeah. You know, to get to to buy under the three is tough. Right. So, I mean, you know, there's a bunch of things going on. You got a home dog. You got a, a Super Bowl contender. I mean, you know, finalists from last year, and they're and they're a dog at home. So, but nobody wants to fade the Bills. I mean, the Bills look so good. They just look so good. I'm looking more at the total. I'm looking more at the under, and I'm looking more at the first half under. To be honest with you, I'm looking at twenty under twenty five and a half, under twenty five. Is that like what that. it is? It's like twenty five and a half. Twenty five and a half, which is a pretty high, you know, yeah, halftime total. And that's if I'm going to make a bet tonight, it'll probably maybe be maybe a total on the game and maybe first half. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, I don't. Like I it. don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with the, the two and a half. It seems like a good number. I don't know what to do with it. I, I feel I like this game it. will come down to the final possession. I, I do feel that way. Yeah, uh, people myself. Have, you yeah. have to understand that you you just can't make a bet on every game. You can't. You know, you can't just. You're going to get killed say, if you do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, if you want to throw 10 bucks down or 20, just 20 bucks and say, right. no, I want to watch the game, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. But you can't make, you know, you can't make serious bets on every single game and, and come out ahead. You just can't do that. Um, any other games this weekend where you look at and you say, boy, that's a strange number? No, not really, because yeah. I haven't really spent any time with it yet. What I I've heard, though, is that a lot of the first several weeks of the season every year, the dogs seem to come in more than usual. Is that true or no? I don't know. That's what to be, I've heard. To, to be honest, I don't play it. That's I don't play it that way. Like I say, I always disappoint people. They go like, "I thought you know everything about it." <laughs> you I'm listen like, to professionals. So you don't listen to some yeah. idiot uh, sitting, I don't know, in the Westgate with with ten bucks to their name, saying, "Hey, I like this guy." Yeah, well, <laughs> I usually bet the opposite of people like that. <laughs> uh, I know a bunch of I know guys that used to do that. They walk around, and listen to what everybody said, and go go the window. The is other there side. is there any truth to that? Like I know a few mushes. Uh, I won't mention any names. <clears throat> Chris Wynn. Um, um, but, like, is there any truth to that at all? Like, you just bet the opposite of people. I don't know. I, well, the, the public tends to lose. So there, <laughs> there is some truth to it. Right. You know, and people, you know, lines get shaded mm-hmm. the way the public are going to bet. So, right. you know, the, what the public does tends to be wrong. So as a general rule of thumb, betting against the public is a good basic strategy. What are your thoughts on the Raiders this year? My opinion is uh, I've heard some people say not only do they need to make the playoffs, you got you got to be one of the final four teams standing, and I, I think this is the biggest year in Derek Carr's career, the most important year, because he has all the weapons offensively. Forget about their defense, which, by the way, I think is a lot better than people think, but to me, he has all the tools. And I, First year coaching regime, I don't want to hear any excuses. This is a team that wins, needs to win a lot of football games and not just get into postseason, but maybe win one or two games. Yeah, well, you look at you know the Raiders, and again, I don't look at teams as a fan. You know, I was, I was talking right. to a guy today that he was a I was at a bar having breakfast, and he was a Patriots fan through and through. Mm-hmm. Wearing Patriots jersey, talking about we this and we that, and us, me and me and Tom, you know that kind of thing. Right. And I don't do that, so I don't look at the Raiders like that. But I do look at them and say, man, they got a lot of weapons. They really got a lot they of do, weapons. Don't they? You know, offensively, yeah. they should be able to light it up pretty good. You would think. You would, you would think so. And I think Derek Carr is a good quarterback. So I mean, you know, tough I'm, game on the road though, right, uh, Anthony? I mean, on the road against the Chargers, this is a good football team as well. Yes. The spread is again another one, a field goal. You know, depending on where you go, it's around three. Uh, I think this is a very winnable game for the Raiders. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, it's going to. Well, they've got you know their their numbers pretty high in the total. I do believe. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, we'll find out. I mean, this is a really good test right off the bat. Yeah. But, I, you know, again, I like their weapons. I mean, they've got a good receiver core. Sure. They, you know, I like Carr. You know, they look good. When you first came to town, uh, Anthony, uh, you were not known as a professional gambler. You first came to town. You didn't have a lot of money. 
You no, come, I was just a kid. Yeah, I didn't just turned 21. Right. <laughs> so you were just getting your start here, and you made your way, and, and, and you built a bankroll by playing blackjack. That was your bread and butter when you first got here, right? Playing anything where a discernible edge could be had. All right. So it was usually blackjack because blackjack is a game that you can always get an edge on simply by counting cards or using other techniques in blackjack. But if all of a sudden there was a great promotion in a crap game, now you play dice, there's no way to beat a dice game on the square, as we say. You know, there's no money management system. There's no way that you can gamble at, at craps and play the game as it is, you know, been engineered and beat it in the long run. But if all of a sudden they're paying two to one on something that should be even money because it's a promotion or something, right, now, you, now right. you have the edge. Right. So that's what I did. I scoured the town for edges. Mm-hmm. In anything. I mean, if, if there was a tiddlywinks game with an edge, I would put my money down on it. These and, days, and it's more do. difficult than back then. It's more difficult today to find edges, right? Um, I would say no. Really? I would, I would say it's, it's, it's always remained very, very similar. They Give just, me an example. They, they come in different areas. Well, like, one of the greatest examples is just a sign-up bonus in a bar. Right. I mean, anybody who walks around, who goes from bar to bar to bar, and gives them your, give them your ID. For a slot machine. And, yeah, yeah and, and play 20 and get a free 20. Right. You got an edge. I Absolutely. mean, you, you do that all day long, and there are guys that do that. You do that all day the long. The problem is you can only do that once. You can do that once, but there's yeah. a lot of bars here. That's true. And there's a lot of bars that have ongoing things. Yep. I mean, there's yep. a place called Mango's right now. It's up by, um, you know, I-15 um, and, uh, and Rainbow. And they do it every day. Play 100, get 20. So you play 100 through, they give you a free $20. Your expected loss on that $100 that you play Where through. Where is this place located? Yeah, uh, Rainbow. Rainbow uh, near I-15. So they're saying you have to play $100 of hands. Yeah, you put, you put $100 through which the is, Which is pretty simple to do. Yeah, but think about yeah. it. Let's say, let's say the casino, has a, the, the bar has a 4% edge on you. So you put $100 through. Well, you have that an advantage. Your expected loss is $4. Example, if you're And they're playing, giving you $20. No question. If you're playing $10 a hand, that would be 10 hands. Mm-hmm. They're basically giving you two hands for free. So yeah. they're kind of giving you a 20% edge, right? Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. And the best way to look at it is to say, what will it cost me to earn it? It'll cost me four dollars. I got to write, write this place down. What is this place called? It's called Mangoes. <laughs> I'm going to go to this place. And no, they, that's they a do great every deal. Day because you said you said give me an example. So there's a real that's an obvious. Edge, but you have to right cash there. out, and they're counting on people not being able to do that. Right. Isn't that one of the biggest mistakes that gamblers make? Is they don't know when to leave. Absolutely, and that's what happens. Is people go there and they go, well, if I'm going to gamble anywhere, I want to gamble. I'll get the free twenty, and, but then they they blow through the twenty and they blow through everything else, and you know. People who want to do it to, to make some money will play it and stop. But you're Anthony Curtis, right? You're the professional gambler with, with all with all these accolades. Have you ever had that problem? I don't know if I call it a problem. For some people it is, where you struggled to get out of a casino. This was your career. This is still your life. Mm-hmm. You're not necessarily a professional blackjack player anymore because you can't play. You have your band everywhere. But, for that, by the way, that's for good reason, not because he cheated, because he, card counting is not cheating. We'll get to that. But, like, have you ever had an issue and you've had moments in your life where you said, damn it, I wish I just got out of there? Almost never, but yes. I mean, so I can, you know, I I can empathize with that feeling. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes when you just lose and lose and lose and you get behind and you go, look, it's time to go. This thing's dried up. And you stay and play a little longer. I've had that. I have that impulse all the time. Usually it's very easy for me to brush it aside. On a few occasions, I have said, damn it, I'm going to stay. Now, I haven't stayed and stayed and stayed. I might stay and lose a couple more hands and go, dumbass, you know, and, right, then, you of know, course, and, and yeah. then get out of there. But, you, but, but, but you've never, you I, don't do that regularly, that's no, for sure. No, I don't. I don't, so I don't go off that way. You know, it's called going on tilt. And, and, and I, I don't go on tilt. Yeah, to be a professional gambler, you can't go on tilt. No, you can't. Right. So I heard a stat, Anthony, and I've read this in books that 
like 90% of people that walk into casinos at one point in their day or night, at one point, are up. But only about 5% of those people actually walk out up. Is that about right? Yeah, those numbers are pretty close from things I've seen. I would say yeah. that maybe a little higher in terms of people that... On a, on a, if, you were, if you were to talk yeah. to somebody, you, you'd probably be closer to 15% mm-hmm. who will go in and say, I'm going to gamble for an hour or two, that will come out ahead. Somewhere right, around right. between 15 and 20. And that's the greatest advertising for casino gambling there is, because those people walk out winners and spread the news. I just won, I just won, I just won. Everybody wants to go back and play and do right, the thing. Right, right. So, yeah, you know, most people, they're going to lose over the long term. You're supposed to look at it as, a, as an entertainment activity. You really are. You know, what happens when you go to a movie? All right, you and your girl go to a movie. It's going to cost you, what, 70 bucks, right? Sure, sure. And you saw a movie and you had some popcorn and you had a drink. All right, same thing here. It's going to, you know, maybe your expected value is 70 bucks for playing for an hour, an hour and a half. But there's a chance because of the variance, there's a, you know, the bell curve, there's a chance that you actually walk out with more money. And that's the great. So they're very similar. Right. And what you're paying is a fee. The difference is that you might walk out with something. And that's very uh, enticing to a lot of people. No question. If you're just joining us in studio, our guest is Anthony Curtis, uh, made a ton of money playing blackjack uh, as a card counter. And obviously, he's not allowed to be playing blackjack anywhere in this city. That's for sure. He's an author. He's a publisher. Great website, by the way, Las Vegas Advisor. All right, I'm going to do something for our listeners right now. Anthony was nice enough to bring some of his books in. I've read some of them, uh, and it's incredible. Some of these books are great. He publishes these books. Uh, We have three sports betting books that we have here, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to give them away to a listener right now. Give us a call, 702-221-7283. We'll say third caller, 702-221-7283. If you call in right now, third caller will win these three books. We have a sports betting book, Think Like a Pro, Logan Fields, Sanford Wong, Sharp Sports Betting, and uh, weighing the odds in sports betting. I am going to be giving these three books away to you right now. Third caller, the number to call, 702-221-7283. No catch. No catch. Give us a buzz, and I'm, I'm giving these books away right now. And again, that number, 702-221-7283. And I'll say these are very serious, good strategy books. Yep. These are three authors that really know their stuff. Three of the best books on the market. And you knew Stanford Wong pretty well, right? <laughs> yeah, I played. For a very long time. Yeah, Stanford you, you, Wong, one of my best books. Blackjack, right? I mean, yeah. you were on his blackjack team, right? I was, on his, I was on his tournament his tournament. Uh, his tournament team. Oh, that, that, is, that is so cool. Um, yeah, he wrote a book called The Casino Tournament Strategy. Mm-hmm. And it was based off of a binder that we were given. There were five original members of that team, himself and four others, and I was one of them. I was the last one asked. I had just moved to town. He called me up out of the blue and asked if I would like to be on his team, and I was like, you got to be kidding. Yeah, you know, that sort of thing. But So, like, you, you're on these blackjack teams when you're younger in your early 20s, and you decide that this is what I'm going to do for a living, at least right now, this is what I'm going to do for a living. Uh, At what point in your life do you say to yourself, hey, I'm pretty good at this. Maybe I should start doing this, uh, you know, regularly, and maybe I can make a living off this. Like, at what point in your life did you make that determination? About when I was 19. (laughs) I mean, I was, you know, here's how it went for me. I was in Michigan. I was living in Dearborn, Michigan, and going to high school, and somebody gave me a book on blackjack. And I read it and I understood it and I couldn't wait. You know, I was at that time, I'm about 18 years old, 17, and I couldn't wait to turn 21. And I mean, I went to college, I went to Duke originally, and then UCLA. And as soon as I turned 21, I had already made up my mind that this is what I was going to do. And uh, I dropped out of school, didn't even graduate and moved to Vegas. I I just think it's incredible that at that young of an age, you were able to have that type of discipline to be able to do that. Well, I, mean, I, was that's... A, I was a game player. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a game player. Like, I grew up in this 
good Polish family in uh, in Michigan in Detroit area where we played Monopoly and Stratego and Pinochle every day and Hearts and you know Spades and whatever you could think of. So I was I had a game playing mentality, and when I read about card counting, it snapped easily to me. I went, well, of course this will work. Yeah. And I was like, this sounds fun. This sounds cool, and it sounds fun. And it was fun, but it wasn't necessarily cool. But anyway, right. that, you know. that, that's just that, that to me, it's just incredible because most people at that age, I mean, when I was at, when I was in my early twenties, I couldn't even tie my shoe properly, let alone, <laughs> let alone be a, a blackjack card counter. Well, I'm at Duke. I'm studying economics. My major is economics, but I'm spending more time studying blackjack than I am econ. You know, so that's I knew where I was going. And I had one of your friends on this show recently last month, Andy Block, another uh, yeah. who, who was another professional blackjack uh, card counter and MIT turned, guy, right? Of course, and another a brilliant guy, and and turned into this great poker player yeah. uh, which was pretty cool but uh, what I like about you is you know listen you, obviously you can't walk into a casino and play but listen if you walk into Joker's Wild and you're playing a dollar a hand uh, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, you'd you, be okay you'd be surprised some some take umbrage you'd really? be surprised because they and know I, who you are and I've yeah. actually said are you kidding I go we're fooling around here and they're like it doesn't matter it's yep. just you're not supposed to yep. you know? well we've had a couple callers next caller is going to win this book these books three sports betting books uh, published by Anthony Curtis the next caller right now is the winner 702-221-7283 and again that number the next caller that calls in is going to win these three awesome books valued at around $100 by the way no catch you get them for free 702-221-7283 to our next caller right now and we're joined by anthony curtis uh professional gambler for many years your, your website's awesome by the way you're killing it on your website the las vegas advisor how many how many views are you getting on that website uh daily now we're, by the well, way we're getting we're getting about one hundred and fifty thousand unique <gasps> uniques a month that's that's pretty darn good about one hundred fifty thousand a month that's so, pretty good yeah, yeah. about five thousand a day no you have a top website in las vegas it's one of the top ones it's really really yeah, good it's 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 pretty it's, it's pretty comes to gambling yeah, yeah it's pretty pretty incredible so like if somebody wants a lesson from you if somebody reaches out to you and they say anthony curtis i want you to give me a blackjack lesson i want to learn how to count cards uh i want to hire you do you do stuff like that no i never have i've been uh, Why? because i think the best way to learn is to teach yourself and i think that for the most part people who give lessons are kind of stealing money mm-hmm. you know because a person's either going to have the aptitude or not all the information is in books that's how I learned. Since then, we've done better books. I mean, yeah. we, we just published a book called 21st Century Card Counter. Oh. That book tells you what you need to do to go out to do and play in today's environment. Now, the author of that book, a guy named Colin Jones, does run a school, and it's called Blackjack Apprenticeship. And there, I would recommend that. Anybody who, who can learn better by lessons, I would just go to Blackjack Apprenticeship. And I tell people I can't do it better than he does it. So I don't do it. It's just I've never I've never been paid for you know to do a lesson. I just never done it. I respect that about you. You know what it is. A lot of people they pedal, uh, and, and I know teaching someone how to count cards is very different than sports betters. But I mean, on average, how many sports betters are actually winning sports betters? Uh, it's Not crazy. Many. Not many. You know yeah. what? I, I will I will recant that. Actually, very very early in my career, when I was trying to sort of make my way to Vegas, I did a few seminars yep. just to see how it would work. Yeah. And they were great. I was like 21 years old, and I'm doing mm-hmm. a seminar on blackjack, and I had like 60, 70 people were attending this thing. Yeah. And I did it for a while, and I just didn't feel right about yeah. it, and I didn't do it anymore. Yeah. Well, we do have a winner, by the way, Anthony. His name is Jay, and he joins us on the line. Maybe, maybe he has a question for uh, Anthony. Jay, first of all, congratulations. Well, thanks. I, I need the help. I mean, maybe this will help me get from the gas station <laughs> convenience store to into a more higher end uh, betting environment <laughs> fair enough do you have do you have any questions uh, uh for uh, well, these, these loyalty clubs 
do they affect the odds? I mean, like uh, if I put the card in at the bar, or the convenience store, or whatever, and punch in the, the bonus uh, number or whatever, does that affect the odds, or is that just uh, just tracking your betting? Yeah, not one bit. And I'll, but I'll say that with a qualification. What I mean is that. It will not make the machine all of a sudden pay more or pay less just because you've put your card in. Right. What it can do is just make it good for you because they will now be able to track your play and possibly send you bonuses and things like that. Now, some really high-level professionals prefer to play without a card because they don't want them to know how much they're winning. Yeah, all right, so that it, makes it, sense. It, it kind of depends. I mean, some people go, sure. "I won't play," but the ones who won't play without a card, they have a very good reason because they're yep. winning. They're winning money over yep. time. Well, Jay, congratulations! We got your three books waiting for you here. Just come down to KSHP during normal business hours, and those books will be waiting for you, my friend. Okay, congratulations. Okay, well, thanks a lot. Olaf. You bet. I'll probably get down today. It's my day off. Cool. Well, thank Jay, you. thank you for listening, and thank you for calling, and we appreciate that. Jay has just won uh, right. three books, three sports betting books that uh, I think would make anybody money. That is for sure. All right, so we've talked about your blackjack career, and I've had you on before, and, and, and you build up that bankroll. What made you decide to expand and open up, you know, start this website, Las Vegas Advisor. When, when did you start to do that? And why did you decide to do that? Well, you know, I mentioned earlier that I actually dropped out of college when I was at UCLA. And my father was a university professor. He was, he was teaching at the time. Uh, he had just finished a stint at Fresno State. He actually had, had, had taught in Michigan schools, colleges, Wayne State. He had taught at uh, New York uh, uh, State University. And he wasn't happy with the fact that I was going to drop out to go play. Mm -hmm. And I, I told him, I was thinking about it right then. I was 20 years old, about to turn 21. Yep. And I said, there might be some other things I can do. He goes, like, what? You know, we were arguing. Should I stay in school or not? Uh, and I said, like, publishing. Right. And I'll never forget. He looked at me and he, he smiled and he goes, that makes sense. <laughs> and he did. You know, he just, he just said, that makes sense. So it was always in my head. That if I ever got to the point, if I was successful and I ever got to the point where I was backed off and not able to play, I would probably go into the publishing field. And that's what I did. And then a normal extension of that was the website. Because mm -hmm. just like when I began publishing, desktop publishing with Macintosh and all of that came to the fore. I wouldn't have been able to do it without Macintosh desktop publishing, right? right? And at the same time, that's when the Internet starts to explode. So it was just a normal progression, and that's how we started the website. And we've been doing it for, you know, 20-some, 30 years, so right from the beginning. So we just naturally grew, and it, you know, it turned into what it is. Somebody comes to Las Vegas, maybe uh, for a holiday weekend, or maybe they're coming to a wedding. Somebody's getting married by Elvis, whatever the case may be. And they don't have a lot of money, maybe a couple grand, which, which isn't bad these days, by no, the way, to be able to spend a couple grand or maybe a thousand, whatever. They're not a professional gambler. They have basically no knowledge of really anything when it comes to gambling. They, they would probably hit 16 versus four. Mm -hmm. Okay, they, they don't know what they're doing. What advice, Anthony Curtis, what would you give to somebody like that who wants some action, they want to bet? Would you tell them to bet on a game? Would you tell them to learn a basic strategy chart on blackjack? What would you tell somebody that's either, you know, uh, either a couple hundred dollars or a couple grand? What would you tell them? What should they do? Well, I'll tell you what. You know, the best bang for your buck in gambling is sports betting, no matter how good you are. Because you make a bet, whatever your, whatever your unit size is, you want to bet 10, you want to bet 20, you want to bet 100, whatever you want to bet, mm -hmm. your action is going to last for three, three and a half hours. Right. That one bet, you're going to have action for all that time. So yeah. it's, it's a real you know, bang for your buck kind of, kind of activity. So I would say get ready to bet some sports. The other thing I would say table games above machines because table games go slower. And full tables above sparsely populated tables, but same reason, because it goes slower. 
you know, any beginning gambler, you always want to tell them the speed kills. And because you are at a disadvantage, I don't care what you think. It doesn't matter what color the dealer shirt is. It doesn't matter that it's your birthday. It doesn't matter. Nothing <laughs> right, matters. Right. You are at a disadvantage. So yeah. what you want to do is you want to have fun, but with the least exposure to the house edge. So you want to play tables over machines. Machines are way too fast. And you want to play full tables if you can. I remember watching you. I don't remember what TV show it was, but I want to say maybe it was the Travel Channel. I, I'm, I, I know I saw you probably on... The travel it was channel, probably yeah. the Travel Channel. And you did a, a thing where you have a friend of yours and she comes to town and you're going from casino to casino and you're using like kind of like what you were talking about the promotions at the bars yeah. only you did it at the casinos and I thought it was really cool because you can also do this at casinos where you sign up for a player's card there and they'll maybe give you a free bet or a free ace mm-hmm. at the blackjack table and, and you did pretty well you, you, you got them hey 20 bucks here 10 bucks here and it was cool because I'm watching this and it, and it works and it was like reality TV you were actually doing yeah. it and showing people you're not just saying hey try this you actually did it yourself do you remember that show that you oh, did of course I yeah. thought it was really good yeah, yeah we used to call that a coupon run yeah and it was cool i liked it now that's one thing that has changed a lot when you said yeah. is it easier to find edges or harder right to do that to do a coupon run in a casino is much more difficult they don't give them the way that, give them away the way they used to they used to have coupons right out front like at slots of fun or you know they give you what they called fun books you would go to the cashier and say can yeah. i get a fun book you just show them your, right, your id right, right the riviera had a great one the frontier had one they had mm-hmm. them downtown and you would just go from place to place to place that's actually how i built my bankroll that's what i did that's how, how i much built money my bankroll. Were you? so wait they were giving away those coupons every day yeah, every day every and what day. were these coupons exactly what, what they were things like seven for five for a for a blackjack bet or a crap bet or maybe ten for five, so you bet five bucks. If you if you lose it, you lose five. If you win, so like you get a match 10. play bet. Yeah, they were of, match right? plays, right? And they give you one. What was the maximum you could bet? Um, they would go all the way up to twenty five bucks, where you could get two for ones for twenty five. So, so correct me if I'm wrong. Can't you hedge that? So for example, if you have one of these coupons, you put twenty five dollars on the don't, and then if a, I guess if a seven doesn't roll, then you or you bet both sides. And like, isn't there a way you can hedge there, that there, off? There is, but there's two reasons not to do that. One right. is they hate it. Right. And they, if they see you doing it, you know, back then, if they saw you doing it, you could get kicked out. And that's oh, the last thing you want to do. Okay. And the second thing is, for everyone that's listening, every, almost every time you hedge anything, you're giving up what's called EV, expected value. Hedge betting is for the timid. I mean, you really don't want to hedge things if you don't have to. Almost always when you hedge, you're giving up a, a, a better position. Have you ever hedged a sports bet? I've had some, but, also, but mostly when I think that things have changed and I've changed my mind. And I mean, okay. you know, basically, let's say... All right, I'll give you an example. Yeah. Uh, I bet the, I bet the, um, the new football league when it first came out, and I bet Bir- Birmingham Stallions mm-hmm. at something like six to one or something right. because every single game was being played in Birmingham. Right. So they had a home game every time. I'm like, right. well, that's got to be worth something. Right. So I bet the six to one. Mm-hmm. They made it all the way to the finals, and they were four and a half point favorites, and I didn't think they were good four and a half. So I took the other side back. Plus four and a half. Because you felt differently about the So I was hedging in a way, but I I middled it. So you hit both sides. I thought I made it. Middling it, hitting both sides of your bet where you're hedging, but you catch a middle of that. Boy, that's a good feeling. Well, I thought I I was making a better bet. I didn't do it necessarily to hedge the bet. Mm -hmm. I did it because I thought it was a good bet, and it came out both ways. How many many, uh, wins percentage-wise do you have to be a sports better to be ahead? It's like, what, 54% or something? Mm -hmm. What is it? I think 52.4. I think it's it's not even that much. Yeah, so I mean, if you're 53%er, you're you're winning. Per 1,000 sports betters, how many of them are actually winning sports betters, you think? Oh man, per thousand, I would say, yeah. or per hundred, you yeah, know, whatever. Less, less than, less than ten percent. I less mean, than 10%. yeah, you know, I would say maybe six, seven percent. What I say to some of these professional, so-called professional sports betters that are selling their picks, 
what I always say to them, because I'm Mr. Skeptical, I say, if you were so good, why do you have to sell your picks? Why not just keep betting and doing it yourself? It's you got to watch. It's a fair it. question, isn't it? Yeah, it's brutal. I mean, the, what they do with these tout services is just is it's just criminal. Yeah. The things that they write, the things that they say. You know, I'm getting they're sending me texts and things saying, you know, I'm 16 and one. Get on the train. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, you're 16 and one, dude. You're gonna, you know, keep it up. You don't need me. <laughs> yeah. You don't need me to pay you 50 bucks for yeah. for your pick that yeah. you're 16 and one on. <laughs> right. You know, when you hear this, I literally heard a couple years ago, a guy said that he was 48 and two. Was it Vegas Dave? <laughs> no, it wasn't Vegas Dave. It that was, guy's a clown, like, by the way. I said, this yeah. guy takes the cake. I yeah. mean, why didn't he just go 50-0? and 0? I mean, 48 <laughs> and 2, right? I once, I once had uh, Vegas Dave uh, on my show, and um, Vegas Dave claimed that he was 70-1 and 1 in baseball. And then when I, oh, when I challenged him on that, he claimed that he was using the Martingale system. Oh. Uh, you know, when he lost uh, in a series, the first game, he doubled up, then tripled up. Obviously, he's a liar, and obviously, he's a scam artist but some people buy his picks why why do they buy his picks why do they fall for it because people are looking for a magic pill when it comes to gambling they don't want to work all right these three books that you just gave away anybody who reads these three books and understands them and pays attention and i'm not saying you can do it in an afternoon i mean mm-hmm. you're going to have to spend you're going to have to give each book 10 days you right. know, 14 days but read it and understand it and you will be able to beat the game yeah. But people don't want to work. They want a magic pill. Mm-hmm. And a magic pill is a guy going, give me, give me 50 bucks and I'll or, give you or a, a blue, Or a blue pill. That's a magic pill, too. Well, yeah, you know. Just, Justin knows what I'm talking about there. Yeah. <laughs> the, they're used to what pills can do for you, right? So they're looking for that magic pill. And that's why they do it. They're, they're looking they're for an easy right? way out. Yeah, they're looking for an What'd easy way out. What do you think about that Al Pacino movie with Matthew McConaughey? They said it was based on a true story. What would you make of that? Um, it was a lot of hyperbole. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, they, they, they yeah. Hollywood. It. Kevin Spacey movie Twenty One. What'd you think of that? Same thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you if you watch that movie, they never lose. I mean, they never lose. They never show the downside. You know. Right. I mean, the only thing they showed Hollywood, was the, yeah. was the back taking. They do the show Ma- the... Matthew McConaughey losing though. Oh yes, they did. Which was interesting because that's what it was all about. It right. was all about you know a degenerate sports gambler. You know. Right. You know. Look, you know. Look. Watch the gambler. You know that right, movie. Right. You know the Dostoevsky thing it's a turned great movie. into it. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it just shows the degenerate side of it because that's what they were trying to portray. But something like 21, they were trying to glorify mm-hmm. the MIT card counting team. And it made, it made it look like they could just go in like a... Which like was a, nonsense. Yeah, you like an ATM. You know, one like, or two percent advantage, right? Yeah, like the casinos are an ATM machine. Yeah, you're one or two percent advantage. So it's one and a quarter. Yeah, so every $1,000 you're betting, you, you maybe you're going to win $10, which which adds up over time. Yeah. But, but yeah. Hey, I had, a, I had a, an argument with Penn from Penn & Teller uh-huh. on a Southwest Airlines flight. He did. Where we started talking, and Penn didn't want to talk to anybody. But I had He's a couple, kind of a jerk, yeah. Yeah, I had a couple <laughs> Heineken, so I was like pushing the thing. I said, come on, man, you know, let's talk. Let's talk gambling here. And he starts yelling at me going, why would I put my money? He goes, how much of an edge do you have, 3%? I go, no. I go, three quarters of a percent, maybe one, one and a quarter, you know, good situation. Yeah. He goes, you just made my point. Why would I do that when I can put it in the stock market at a 10% annual gain? Why would I go 1% when I can get 10%? Hmm. And I said, because you can play that 1% again and 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 again. I go, it's the cumulative effect. It's the rollover. And you start to put that together. And it, you know, for a good player, it makes your 10% look like, like chicken feet. You got Penn yelling at you. Did you tell him to eat a salad? That's yeah. what I would have said. No. You know what he did? <laughs> no, I said that's what I would have said because I'm a smart ass. You know what he says? So he's me? just being a jerk to you. Yeah. He doesn't respect that you're. Well, he did. After that, he, he goes, did. he yeah. literally, I saw the light bulb go on. He goes, I never thought of it like that. I go, well, that's the reality. And when it was all done, 
we were getting off the plane, and he shakes my hand. He goes, I'm sorry. He goes, I just meet so many jerk-offs on planes. And then, took <laughs> off. And, then, and then I looked at the guy in the third seat, and he goes, that was awesome. He listened to the whole conversation, never said a word. He goes, that was awesome. Well, because, you're, number one, you're an extremely intelligent guy. This is your profession. This is what you've done almost your entire life. Uh, you wouldn't be telling him how to do magic, okay? Right. Uh, he's trying to tell you about gambling. Okay, only a moron would do that. I'm sorry, with all due respect. Only a moron. I would never tell you how to gamble. This is your profession, right? Well, he and didn't know me. He, he, he didn't. Did. Well, he should have. He should have, anyway. I, I, did, I just, you know, I, just to go backwards, I started at, because he was, he was playing with cards. He was working on manipulation. And I finally I just said, hey, man, I go, you know, I've watched you. You're great. I go, you ever, ever uh, think about card counting? And he wouldn't even look at me. He just kept shuffling, shuffling, shuffling for about 15, 20 seconds. And then he put the cards down and really angrily looked at me and put his big old pen head in my face <laughs> and goes, doesn't work. Screams at me like that. Doesn't work. And that's how it all began. What did you, you were in town when they filmed the movie Casino. What did you make of that movie? It's one of my favorite. Have you ever, did you know Lefty Rosenthal or Spalatra or any of those guys? No, I didn't. Yeah. Um, I knew guys that knew them. And, yeah. you know, I've gotten a lot of secondhand, you know, dis discussions and descriptions and things of, uh, these guys did. From was Lefty saw, that good of a sports better? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, from what I've heard and what I know, I mean, the guys that I know that are awesome sports betters right now are more like quants. You know, I mean, these are guys that, that are computer literate and, you know, they've got models and, and, and that's how they do it. And they're really in touch. You know, this guy, supposedly Lefty, had the feel, you know. I mean, I, I don't really buy into that. I don't really buy into the feel. I know that there's a lot of nuance in sports yeah. betting. You know, that's the difference. Sports betting is beatable. Blackjack's beatable. But blackjack's black and white. Well, it's you, black but, and white. There's if, always a right move. If you told Lefty that, you might have your body might have been found in Lake Mead the last couple months. <laughs> oh, I, I, would, I would have told him he's the greatest ever. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would have been afraid of that. But guy. there is nuance in, in in sports betting. There certainly yeah. is nuance. So that's sure. what makes it difficult to you know to really hammer it down the way you can mm -hmm. at blackjack. Blackjack is for nerds, yeah. right? Sports betting is really for more kind of creative people. Yeah, uh, so that's why I'm not good at either. But anyway, <laughs> um, what, what do you think is the biggest mistake that people make when they gamble? Um, the, they gamble without studying. I mean, the biggest mistake is they don't realize going in that they're playing a negative expectation game. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to know right off the bat there's only five beatable games mm -hmm. if you study and if you're good. And it's, it's blackjack, poker, video poker, sports betting, and race betting. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You cannot beat dice. You cannot beat Baccarat. You cannot beat under normal circumstances. You know, you cannot beat roulette. Now, there are ways to beat all of these things under certain circumstances, but to just go there and play it on the square, yeah. they honestly don't know in their mind that they are doomed to lose over time, yeah. although they can sure. in the short term. How many idiots like me will be texting you on Sunday saying, hey, Anthony, what are you taking today? A How lot. many morons? <laughs> that's got to be really annoying. I don't annoying. know if they're like you, but I'll just get a lot of texts. <laughs> that, go, that, that's got to be annoying for you. I try to be honest. I go, I don't, I go, you don't want what I have because you, don't get, you didn't get the number I got. Oh, you know, I might be I saying see. like that. Well, look, I'm, t I'm taking the Rams plus three. And they go, well, I'm going to take the Rams. I go, no, they're two and a half now. I got them plus That's three. That's important information. It's incredibly yeah. important. And I try to make them aware of that. I go, we're talking two different things here. The difference between three and two and a half Huge. is enormous. Enormous, yeah. And you're going to go, oh, you like the Rams, so I'm taking the Rams. No, I, mean, I don't like the Rams. You're talking about a bet that can win or lose more than 10% of the time. There's going to be a difference there important. because of that number. Yeah. That's a key. They call it a key number. Yes. So, so, and then when you have to buy points, that's that's an issue as well. No, yeah. no question about that. Have you ever been on a WNBA? Since we'll be talking Aces basketball tomorrow. Sure, I bet on I've bet on everything. I don't I've, think there's I've, any way the Aces lose. I'm okay. just going to tell you right now. Yeah, they're good. I don't think there's any way they lose. I picked them at the beginning of the year to win it all. Uh, I know they could have been down two one against Seattle. I get that. I still think they would have won the series. Uh, I, I don't think there's any way they lose. I just think they're just too good. Lay and, the and wood. They have a great lay, coach. Then lay the wood, man. What do you think they're going to be in the finals? Like minus two hundred? 
No, they're going to be probably uh, probably bigger than that. Oof, I think they're that's a tough two, number. Two and a quarter, two thirty, something like that. I, I still think. think there's value there. I still think there's value there. I, 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 then back it up. I am. I am. Oh no, I'm definitely betting on the Aces to win it all. Anthony, uh, it's been a pleasure having you. in. before we go, we only got a minute here. I want to give you the opportunity to talk about your website. Plug that. Tell me a little bit about the projects you're working on and where people can find you. Yeah, well, LasVegasAdvisor.com and on YouTube, uh, just the Las Vegas Advisor channel on YouTube. Um, we're trying to make something out of that YouTube thing. It's fun. You know, it's almost like talking with you, which is the best, because then people yeah. don't have to look at me. You know, but I mean, on, on YouTube, <laughs> well, it's Well, unfortunately, kind of... we have cameras here. Oh, so. <laughs> shoot, I forgot about that right there. You, this, this interview will be up on your YouTube page. Don't ah, worry. Boy, Trust right, me, right. that's how I feel, too. I have a face for radio. What are you going to do? <laughs> but it's, but it's, yeah. it's, it's great. You know, I mean, it, I like doing the YouTube thing, and, and we're building. We just went over 10,000 subscribers, which isn't bad. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's yeah. not chop liver, right? No, it's you not know, bad. It's not liver. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, over 10,000, not bad, and I know that'll that'll probably keep growing. Well, next, Anthony, next, real quick, our yep, next book's sure. called The Ultimate Report, and it's about how to play all of the Carney games by a guy named James Grosjean, really? who is the number one advantage player in the world. Nobody will dispute that. So in that's Carney that, games. That's our next book. I like that. Okay, well, I, I look forward to that one, and we'll have you in again maybe to talk about that book, because that'll be a lot of fun. I'll give well, one away. I appreciate that, and thank you for the books that you brought in today, and congratulations to our winner, Jay, who won those books. Thanks for joining us, everybody. By the way, tomorrow on the show... Uh, we have Natalie Williams, the general manager of the Aces. She's going to be joining us tomorrow. Raphael joining us uh, from uh, this three-point competition that's going to be uh, in Vegas on Saturday. They're giving out $25,000 to a winner of a three-point competition. And Dr. Steve Fry joining us. Anthony, I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Always a pleasure having you in. Uh, everybody have a great afternoon. Going to watch some NFL football tonight. Have a great day, everybody.